Hey everyone, welcome back to In Her Wallet, a weekly podcast helping ambitious women build their best financial futures one episode at a time. Today marks our 10th episode. I can't believe time flies so fast. And we have only five more episodes left in this season. When I say I have amazing content featuring amazing guests coming your way in December, I mean it. I'm so, so excited and I can't literally wait for you to find out what's ahead. One thing remains the same as always. With every episode, we bring you no BS, easy to follow, actionable advice that will put you in control of your money and not the other way around. Thank you for tuning in this week and if you're new here, welcome to In Her Wallet podcast and our growing community. So two of the most exciting days for avid shoppers are coming soon. On the 25th and 28th of November, Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals will go live all over the world. And Black Friday traditionally marks the start of the holiday shopping season. This is all timely because last week I started reading a book called Atomic Habits. It's pretty well known. I know I'm late to the party and you probably know if you've read it before why I'm fascinated by it. And honestly, the author shares such simple yet profound concepts in this book. It's a literal operating manual on how to build better habits that actually last. And as I'm reading it, I'm obviously inclined to see how the strategies described apply to our behavior when it comes to money. So today I want to share a few interesting facts I've taken away from this book so far that I believe can apply to our spending habits and that can be especially useful during this tricky time when shopping seems especially tempting due to discount deals. So let's dive in. Before we get to discussing the actual tactics around building better spending habits, I want to break down why for many of us it is so easy to repeat bad habits day to day and so hard to form good ones. According to James Clear, the author of the book, changing our habits is challenging for two reasons. First, we try to change the wrong thing. And second, we try to change our habits in the wrong way. So far, I've only read the first half of the book. So in today's episode, I want to address the first point. The fact that we try to change the wrong thing when it comes to building better habits. So in the book, James... And I hope you or James himself don't mind me calling him by his first name. He explains that there are three levels at which a change can occur. The first layer is changing your outcomes. Second is changing your process. And third is change of your identity. And so many people begin the process of changing their habits by focusing on what they want to achieve which leads to an outcome-based change. But the right alternative is to build identity-based habits. And with this approach, we start by focusing on who we wish to become. And I think we'll agree with you that most people don't even consider identity change when they set out to improve. I'll be honest, I'm often guilty of it myself. We just think, I want to lose weight, which is an outcome. And if I stick to this diet, then I'll be skinny or then I'll lose weight which is a process. 
We set these goals and determine the actions we should take to achieve those goals without considering the beliefs that drive our actions. So we actually never shift the way we look at ourselves and we don't realize that our old identity can sabotage our new plans for change. As an example that's timely to Black Friday, on a big scale, you may want to achieve financial security. But if your identity is someone who only consumes or consumes often, meaning you are easily persuaded into shopping deals and so on, then you'll continue to be pulled towards spending rather than earning. And that won't get you to achieve financial security. Do you see the problem here? That said, the first step to building better money habits is to define what you want your identity to be, who you see yourself to be the next year this time. And even further than that, since you're listening to In Her Wallet, let me take the honors of making a calculated guess. You want to be someone who has confidence when it comes to their money skills, and you want to reach a level of financial security that gives you the power of time and options to build and live the life you envision for yourself. Now, this is a guess and my personal identity, but your identity definition might differ, of course. The key here is to establish one overall. Then and only then you'll be able to not only start your behavioral change around money or spending, but also stick to it. So that being said, unless you're preoccupied with running on a treadmill or driving, take a few moments to write down a few ideas about your desired identity. Keep it and remember it. Even better, write it in your notes app or on a piece of paper and stick it in a visible place. Now, once you decide on the type of person you want to be. The second step is to prove it to yourself with small wins. And this is where our spending habits come into play. Now, you might be thinking, oh, she's now going to start talking about how I need to restrict myself with my shopping and how I need to be diligent with my budget and how I need to most probably say no to things that make me happy. No. This is total BS, honestly. While budget and being responsible is important, the steps I will share are not something that will restrict your financial freedom and your choices and your options. In fact, the people who do not have their behavior dialed in around good money management are the ones who have the least amount of financial freedom. Because let's agree, without good financial habits, you will always struggle for the next dollar. So the strategies I will share will actually create more financial security for you if you stick to it. So let's go. The first step prior to building new healthy habits is to eliminate pre-existing bad habits. And taking into account that we're talking about money here, I think the most common bad habit around money management is overspending or emotional spending. And by the way, I have a separate episode dedicated to emotional spending, which we released a few weeks ago. So if you haven't listened to it, definitely give it a try. So in this episode today, I'm going to consider a pre-existing bad habit overspending. And going forward, I will refer to bad habits as overspending. So let's move on. Let me ask you, how often have you bought a dress and then felt like you definitely, for 100% sure, also need to buy a pair of heels or earrings to match and go with it? Maybe have you bought a new candle for your living room before? and suddenly questioned whether new decor or new candles are also needed for other rooms too. This chain of purchases is not uncommon, and it actually has a scientific name to it, the Diderot effect. 
It comes from a French philosopher, Denis Diderot, who lived nearly his entire life in poverty, but all changed one day in 1675, when his daughter was about to get married and he could not afford to pay for the wedding ceremony. Despite his lack of wealth, Diderot was well known for his role as the co-founder and writer of French Encyclopedia, one of the most comprehensive encyclopedias of the time. When Catherine the Great, the Empress of Russia, heard of Diderot's financial troubles, she offered to buy Diderot's personal library for £1,000, an equivalent of $150,000 today. Suddenly, Diderot had money to spare, and with this level of wealth he could not only pay for the wedding but also upgrade his possessions. He started with replacing the rock and then decorating his home with expensive sculptures. He bought a mirror and a better kitchen table and upgraded his old straw chair for a leather one. I know some of us might be recognizing familiar patterns in our own behavior. So as James Clear writes it, it's like falling dominoes, one purchase led to the next. So why is this important and what's the takeaway here. When it comes to your spending behavior, use the knowledge of the concept of Diderot effect to your advantage. First of all, next time you feel tempted to buy one more thing after the main purchase, question yourself twice whether that's really an item that you need, will actually use multiple times, and is joyful for you. And to take it a notch further, consider a strategy James Clear calls habit stacking. Habit stacking is a special form of pairing your current habit with new ones. So taking it back to a scenario where you bought something for yourself, consider stacking a new positive money habit on top. Meaning every time you shop, for example, you say that you will transfer an equivalent amount to your savings account. The key is to tie your desired behavior into something you already do regularly. For me personally, after I read the strategy, I decided that I will apply it the following way. Every time I go out or order takeout, I told myself I will transfer an equivalent amount of my bill to a savings account. I already have weekly savings auto deposits turned on, but I think this can really take it a notch further. So this is a great opportunity for you to brainstorm, perhaps take a piece of paper and write things down, but you can really play with this strategy. Keep in mind that habit stacking is a special form of pairing your current habit with the new ones. Moving on, the next technique is also focused on eliminating pre-existing negative habits. Again, we will focus on spending money on things that we shouldn't be spending on, such as midnight shopping from a TikTok ad. So the narrative you might have built up in your head is that you just aren't as disciplined as others and you lack self-control when it comes to shopping. And because of the narrative, you just allow yourself to continue with this bad behavior. The research James Clear shares in Atomic Habits shows something different about discipline and self-control though. It says that disciplined people are better at structuring lives in a way that does not require heroic willpower and self-control. In other words, they spend less time in tempting situations. I mean, if you think about it, it's totally true. Productive people are productive not because they have better self-control, but because they stay away from distracting objects such as phones while working. Confident people are confident not because they were born that way, but because they don't compare themselves to others on social media. 
which triggers jealousy and envy often. You got the point, right? So how can we apply this to spending? The most practical way to eliminate bad habits, such as emotional spending or overspending, is to reduce exposure to the cues that cause it. Unsubscribe from email newsletters. Spend less time on social so you're targeted with less ads. Unfollow the accounts that you follow that prompt you to buy things. Quit reading reviews on the latest beauty products. Minimize time on TikTok, otherwise another Amazon must-have video will have you spend on yet another kitchen must-have. This is the secret to self-control. Minimizing the exposure. So last technique is focused around making new positive habits attractive. So you actually feel inclined to taking action. And here I want to talk about a strategy called temptation bundling. How temptation bundling works is by linking the action you want to do with an action you need to do. A lot of companies we use on the daily are masters of temptation bundling. One of the examples James Clear shares in his book is when the American Broadcasting Company, more commonly known as ABC, launched its Thursday night television lineup for 2014-2015 season, and they promoted temptation bundling on a massive scale, he says. Every Thursday, the company would air three shows, Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder. They branded it as TGIT, Thank God it's Thursday. But here's a punchline. In addition to promoting the shows, ABC encouraged viewers to make popcorn, drink wine, and enjoy the evening. The brilliance of this strategy is that ABC was associating the things they needed viewers to do, which is to watch their shows, with activities their viewers already wanted to do. Relax, drink wine, enjoy a snack. Over time, people began to connect watching ABC with feeling relaxed and entertained. Cool, right? The takeaway is that you're more likely to find behavior attractive if you get to do one of your favorite things at the same time. So again, how can we turn this into a lesson for better money habits? Perhaps you like to spend time with your girlfriend on the weekend, going out for a happy hour, but you also know you need to spend some time every Saturday or Sunday to track your spending and plan your budget for the week ahead or the month ahead. Using temptation bundling, you can meet up with a friend for a happy hour at a cactus club, let's say, and work on your budgets together, assuming that you guys are close friends, obviously, and you can feel comfortable doing that. Or here's another example. Maybe you like to light up candles at home, turn on some jazz and pour a glass of wine, but you also know you need to log in to your brokerage account to see how your portfolio is doing and to buy new stocks. Here's a solution. You can combine both and have an intimate evening at home with a glass of wine buying new stocks. I mean, doesn't that sound cool? The hope is that eventually you will look forward to analyzing your spending or making a budget or evaluating your stock portfolio because it means you get to spend time with your girlfriend at a happy hour or you get to pour some wine at home and have some me time. Doing the thing you need to do means you get to do the thing you want to do. Woo! I mean, these were some fantastic strategies. This is it, ladies. We began this episode by discussing how to build identity-based habits, an approach where we start by focusing on who we wish to become. We then moved on to talking about two ways to eliminate pre-existing bad habits, including the Diderot effect and exposure reduction. Last but not least, we broke down what temptation bundling is and how you can apply it to your money habits. 
dear in her wallet friends. I know that installing a new habit that lasts is a hard task, but I do hope that the strategies we discussed today can be employed to make nearly any habit, either good or bad, more or less attractive than it would be otherwise. Thank you for listening and I wish you a wonderful morning, day or evening whenever you're listening to this. If you love the content we're producing, please take a few moments to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or simply message us on Instagram. I linked the Instagram handle in the episode description. And if you could let us know what your thoughts and feedback are, that would be just fantastic because hearing from you is what drives us forward and what inspires us to create new episodes. And speaking of new episodes, next week's episode will feature a female family lawyer and will cover the subject of prenuptial agreements. We'll break down the myths around these documents and help you understand how this can be the ultimate tool for your marriage success. Make sure to subscribe to the show if you don't want to miss. Talk next week. Bye!